welcome to Alphabet Flight, an encyclopedic Marvel journey where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is the wonderful Rob. Wonderful. How are you, Jesse? Peek behind the Komodo a little bit. Um, I've been recording almost five hours straight. <clears throat> That's... uh. It's it's a lot. It's like morning shock jock levels of uh, insanity is what you're going to hit very, very soon. See, luckily, my voice is used to talking for a long time because I work at a call center. Oh, nice. So, like, you know, but, like, I've pretty much done almost a majority of a shift at work doing nothing but recording podcasts, and I'm getting almost no money for it. <laughs> and by almost no money, I mean none. No money I haven't set up a Because <laughs> I haven't set up a Patreon yet, so, like... <laughs> Oh, man, you got to get up on that. Those cryptids aren't going to pay for themselves. Come on. No, I, I used to have one, but it was it was attached to, like, um older projects, and I didn't feel like keeping it up for, yeah. you know, if I wasn't going to be doing those projects anymore. So, because I'm, I don't know, I'm a person who has morals, I guess. Uh, that's uh. a good thing, most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> I don't know. Have you, have you seen most of the people in power and who are rich? Well, they don't have morals, so it's really yes. you're right. So, That's working out think, for them. I think what hap- I think what happens is you just stay poor if you have morals. <laughs> so, but speaking of people who aren't poor and lack morals, Kingpin. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a lucky lucky lad to be uh, here talking about the Kingpin. That's awesome. So, Kingpin, you should know if you watched the first the first season of uh the first season of. Daredevil. Daredevil. At yeah. least the, at least the, I think the really good version of him. Oh, um, I, I think that's fantastic. I, I'm not the biggest Vincent D'Onofrio fan. I mean, he's good, but it's just so good, but he is so good as, uh, yeah. the Kingpin. Like, so yeah. good. And, um, he's also been in, like, all the Spider Man cartoons. Yeah. Like, you know, he's pretty much, like, are you a street level hero in New York who fights corruption? Kingpin, yeah. he's your guy. He, he, <laughs> so he perfectly um, represents th- like the one percent. Plus, he uh, he knows fat guy judo. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And also because he's because because he's so fat, he's also super strong underneath <laughs> all that fat, which is which is which is actually a legitimate thing. Because like if you see like because if you look at most of the, like the strongest men in the world, they're all very pudgy. Oh oh yeah, I've watched like, the, uh, like, you know oh, the, the the Viking guys lifting up uh, entire yeah, like, logs and stuff. They're all like these big because uh, naturally. Guys. Cause like naturally, like if you're super strong and big and everything, you need to feed the muscles. So you're going to be eating more and you're probably going to be pudgier. Yeah. And you like don't. the whole, t- <laughs> it's like, cause like you don't, you don't, you don't get super strong. You don't get super strong by like, I mean, you can get super strong, but like back in the day, you didn't get super strong by eating like a purely vegan, like no. lifestyle. You ate, you ate beef and potatoes and. Yeah, it wasn't like those muscles. It wasn't like you were making 300 and, you know, you're eating like three chickens a day and then doing a thousand pushups and, and then going and just working for 20 minutes. Like you, you were lifting stuff. You were doing stuff. You were a big barrel chested guy. Like, like Superman originally was, you know, you're kind of that circus uh, strong man look. <laughs> Superman used to look like basically like a, like, 
like a pudgy Jewish man. <laughs> like, it's, it's perfect. I mean, that's what they were going for. That's what they were going for. He was just, it like, he just looked like a pudgy, pudgy New Yorker, basically. The, the ultimate immigrant story of a man comes from another planet and becomes a, a pudgy strong man. <laughs> Who couldn't fly at first. Like, he just no. jumped really well. No, just jumped. I did a, um, did a commentary once for a riff track short of the first uh, old Fleischer Superman short. And uh, it's it's kind of hilarious how the backstory is just like, hey, came from another planet and went to school. There was no family, there was no mom, pa, Kent or anything. And yeah, you can just kind of jump really high and it's, it's, it's kind of neat and he barely steers himself. And it's definitely awesome. Well, what are the reasons, like, I mean, like, the only reason he has a weakness to kryptonite and I guess later on magic, um, is because like they're just like, well, like, we're actually making stories where he's just not punching bad guys. Like we're trying to add pathos. So I guess he's, I guess that rock, that rock over there hurts him. <laughs> But we only need... sometimes, whenever the writers feel like it. I like that it's the rock from uh, his home planet, too. It would be like if just whenever we got near granite, we suddenly felt weak and kind of tired. And <laughs> I mean, to be, to be fair, I do feel weak and tired around almost everything. So maybe <laughs> I do have like an Earth-based weakness. Maybe maybe forgot off the planet to be super strong. <laughs> the opposite effect you go to krypton and you're a god i like it so kingpin kingpin what is his first appearance was it spider-man um it was actually the very famous uh issue 50 of yeah. amazing spider-man that's right in 19 january uh, not january july uh, 1967 spider-man no more oh wow that is an epic one that's one of the most famous covers of all. Yeah. Yep. That's literally one of the most famous covers. Yeah. It's been, it's been referenced a million and a half times. Yeah. Even in the, uh, uh, I think the bad Spider-Man three, I believe it was. <laughs> I, okay. I'm going to, this is controversial. Oh opinion. no, no. It's controversial. Don't say it. Don't I'm say not it. saying that Spider-Man three was good. I'm just saying that it's, 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 it's a solidly mediocre movie. Okay. It's it, not it's not the worst. It's just a solidly mediocre movie. I will agree with you there. It's not like Electra <laughs> level of bad or Catwoman no, like, level of bad, but it, um it's, it's not a bad movie. It's just not good. It's mediocre. Yeah. I, I don't have the same problems like a lot of people have with it, like the the dance jazz <laughs> bow no, scene just, or whatever. I'm fine with that. Just, that's silly. It's just silly and kind of fun. Like, you yeah, know. it's just they cram far too. They try to cram far too much movie into it. And yeah, uh, yeah. Like, honest, honestly, they just focused on like the Sandman mm -hmm. story. Yeah, would have been, been pretty good. Probably yeah. would have been great. Yeah, the they, Sandman part is actually good. Sandman part's good. Uh, what's his face from Wings plays it really well. Um, it's and if they had just kind of set up Venom for the next movie. Would have been great, but um, yeah, they just they crammed all that in there, so yeah, just a little much, a little much. Yeah. I'm glad that they went with the shrimpy uh, Topher Grace instead of, I guess, big beefy dude to jaw for 
uh, for Venom. Yeah, it would have. It was a little weird though. I mean, Topher Grace is a slight man. It's yeah, kind okay. of interesting. Okay, no, it, it, okay, it's weird, but at the same time, cool. I guess. I mean, I don't think he played it bad. No, by any means. no. That's the thing. It's it's a perfectly mediocre movie. I don't think anyone did a bad job, really. Like. No, it's, it's uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's in it, right? She's yeah. she was like her first role or something. She's good. Uh, everyone's yeah. fine. It's uh, it's it's you know what it is. You know what gets me? It's, it's a solid six out of se- it's a solid six out of ten movie. I I'll, think I'll give it. I'll give it a six out of ten. I'll give it a B minus. What really gets me is is how just the Venom symbiote lands in Central Park, right next to where they're having like their midnight web swing. Uh, and that, that bothers me more than anything else in the movie. Like, I don't mind crazy coincidences like a villain, uh, getting into some kind of lab and turning into sand and half man, half sand. And, but that, that coincidence of just this alien meteorite landing right next to them and giving him awesome, uh, an awesome new suit and powers is bothers me so much. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just kind of like whatever. I mean, Spider-Man does kind of trade in coincidence. It's true. It's true. It's true. Really, the only the only reason he got that he the only reason like like he had Spider-Man powers because coincidentally he was in the same spot as a spider. It could have been Flash Thompson. It could have been a million other people. It could have been his teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Aunt May was. Aunt May was, you know, volunteered to be a, a chaperone for the trip and she got bit and she's just a 90 year old woman. Uh, yeah, 90 year old woman Which swinging around town. Still makes no sense if she has a 15 year old grandson. No, no. I, I mean, mean, no, nephew, not even grandson. Nephew. nephew and she it's not, been they in her never 50s. say great nephew. They never say great nephew. And no, canonically. Yeah. They, like, it's a aunt. It's not great aunt. Aunt. Her her sister had to be thirty years younger than her for that to work. Like it's like, insane. This they, like the the like, the only reasonable casting they've done for Aunt May was Marissa Tomei, oh. who was a woman in her fifties. Perfect makes sense. It's perfect. Like, Cause like even if even if like even if her her like sister had him like a little bit older, like sixties at most. Right? No, it's not, not 60. Like, not, not 50 billion years old. It's, <laughs> it's always most. bothered me. It's always bothered me. Because, like, I have a family where, like, people have babies late. Sure. Oh, yeah. And, no, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm one of the olds. And I got a three-year-old. And uh, I'm going to be Aunt May aged when he's got having kids. So it's going to be very interesting. But it doesn't make any sense and i think but i think part of it is that the idea of elderly was so much younger back then than it was today like when she was probably conceived she probably was like 55 or 60 and looked really old <laughs> and because they kept her looking the same they were like oh yeah Aunt May's like 80 <laughs> she's she's she is not long for this world <laughs> maybe it was a mess up at first like maybe like didco was like Ditko meant it to be, meant it to be like his grandmother or whatever, but Stan Lee just misread the situation and uh, said Aunt May. And they just stuck with it. Now we gotta figure out, maybe it's a representation of Ditko's, um, 
objectionist, uh, objective, objectivist beliefs in some way where Aunt May equals Aunt May. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> like, let's, let's talk about Kingpin. I'm going to work this bit. out. Let's talk about Kingpin <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Kingpin, he's like, he's super big and. Uh, he has a baby. He has like a baby head, but with like a, a like a like a adult's face on it. <laughs> He's got a barrel chest with two barrel chests on them. <laughs> but like he has a and baby a head. head. Like even yeah. even like D'Onofrio, yeah. like whatever he like he has like a baby head. Like you could put that like like it'd be a weird looking baby. Don't get me wrong, but like it's the shape. Like it feels. It looks like you know it has a little bit of like give to it yeah. whenever you poke yeah. it too. So like it's a baby head. No, it's obviously, got, it's got fold. It's like he's got a fold in the back of his head, and like it's like this giant, giant. Ba- it looks like a cabbage patch doll on top of a uh, gorilla. It's uh, a very interesting, strong look, especially when you're wearing white suits all the time. Yeah, it's but uh, but let's just talk about Kingpin in general because like just he wor- he's worked with just about everyone, including Hydra. So not to sympathize her, but. Uh- <laughs> uh but um besides that like how did you how did you learn of kingpin did you read him in the comics first did you see him did you see him in something or i think the very first thing i ever actually saw him in um was and again this is this dates me, but, um, I was just started reading comic books when the, they did the second edition of the Marvel handbook. So, which is why one of the reasons I, I like this podcast, um, you're, you're somewhere on the list, but one of the reasons I like it is because it reminds me of that. But so Kingpin, the first thing I ever read him was, uh, the entry. Cause I, at that point I just started reading X-Men stuff and he wasn't, uh, in it at all. And so, um, it was, it was the uh, Marvel handbook was the first thing I ever read about him. And I was like, this guy's pretty cool i mean and because i remember the picture actually that these are still using i think the john byrne pictures and it's like there's him in this suit and then there's him like throwing a guy over his shoulder or something yeah 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 that's one of them i I really like that i really like that one but yeah it's it's him doing a bunch of bunch of stuff yeah Um, like they they uh, they had to show him doing things because otherwise you would not believe it when you just see him in his uh his main but his main photo his yeah. main photo is him with the walking cane mm-hmm. in in the white suit, purple pants, uh-huh. and just him smoking a cigar and just looking like he owns the place. Uh, he's the best. I mean, there's no more confident character. And uh, even though, you know, he's just kind of street level, like you said, he's not Lex Luthor. He's not Magneto or anything. But, like, he has the swagger of it i mean yeah. the cane the cane alone shows how much swagger he has like that which with a diamond on it usually like that's just that's just awesome did you want to also know something great about that the walking stick he has i i absolutely do because oh. because i saw this because it's like sometimes he carries a walking stick i'm like oh cool cool like he can beat people up with it yeah, yeah. well guess what it guess what it contains oh please tell me it's like some some sword or something it's a laser beam weapon that can fire <laughs> short pulse of three uh, of three hundred watts, enough to vaporize a handgun. <laughs> it can also be used to fire a concentrated spray of sleeping gas. 
as most things with lasers in them can. Just yeah. <laughs> and his diamond stick pen, which also oh. contains a small, highly compressed container of sleeping gas, which is effective when fired through uh, into an opponent's face at close range. Because. <laughs> That's what you want to be, right next to the kingpin, right at right at close range. Get hit by a so, stick pin. So, so here's the okay. So here, here's something that uh, I I want to just uh, put out there in the world. Uh, tell me if you agree. Okay. Most things are effective whenever you hit someone at close range in their face. <laughs> Controversial <laughs> statement, Jesse. But uh, it's a hot take. But you know what? I think I'm gonna back you up there. The <laughs> the f- the number of things that are effective at a close range as a weapon far outnumber the number of things that are not effective. Because <laughs> because like let me let me just let, okay I'm gonna look at something like just anything okay now. Now, now, I'm not saying deadly. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm just saying effective, effective. at doing something to your opponent. Right. Cause, cause he's not killing anyone with that gas. So yeah, effective. No, no. Effective. So, 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 um, I have a flying squirrel Kigurumi. It's literally a flying squirrel onesie. If I threw that <laughs> at your face at close range, you would be incapacitated for a moment. It would be enough time for probably him to waddle his way out of there. That's absolutely true. I'm looking at my room. I see a, uh, a two foot high stuffed BB eight. And I'm pretty sure if I threw that in your face, you'd be like, first of all, what is this for a couple seconds? Boom. I'm out of there. I'm done. Exactly. My cat. Perfect. <laughs> like, I can throw close to you, throw my cat in your face. That's, that's probably actually going to do some damage. So oh, that's uh, going to do a lot of damage. <laughs> he has two extra thumbs. Oh, oh, with two extra. Th- yeah. I got a cat with four. And it's, uh, that thing, you never want to get it. It ran past me yesterday. It scratched me without, without even meaning to. It just glided past me and scratched me. Oh, it's insane. I have, I have have a uh, bag of cat food. Like so many things are effective close range if you think. Oh, bag of cat food. I want that weapon if I'm in a dark street and I see some, some bad ne'er do wells following me like that. That's great. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the kingpin really, that's, that's not the greatest choice of weapon. I feel like that almost even shouldn't be on the list, cause if that's on the list, then, then it's cufflinks that don't do anything should probably be on the list. Yeah. But, uh, so apparently he's really good at sumo. Sumo. And yeah, he's really good at sumo. <laughs> cause he's fat. You know, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> well, I mean, but it is an effective, it is an effective, like, fighting style also. So, you know, it's, it's all about restraining and restraining and getting people away from you. Do you think he keeps his pockets full of salt just in case before a fight he has to, uh, do a little ritual? I think the fact that he has a laser gun stick <laughs> means that he doesn't really have to. <laughs> but it's only short, so it shoots three short pulses that melt a gun. Uh, you know, what if you're not holding a gun? What if you have a tray of mashed potatoes? He's, you're, you're just as effective after that than you were before that that's what i say but he's also extremely big and also probably has a gun (laughs) probably (laughs) okay so okay so just imagine a guy who is six foot seven weighs four four hundred fifty pounds jesus just okay just imagine imagine that yeah yeah so so imagine that and you need to fight that person (laughs) i am not fighting that person no no you need to (laughs) I, no, the, the thing, okay, it doesn't matter what he has. 
if he gets a hold of you, yeah, he is a you're weapon. done. He is you're a weapon. Done. He That's can sit on you and you're done. Yeah. He could smack you and you're done. You know how much weight he has behind a smack? Oh my god. It would be like across <laughs> the room. Absolutely. No. Because, like, not only are, do you have the weight that he's putting onto that, you also get the force. <laughs> you get the momentum, too. I mean, you are just, you are, he is a human wrecking ball, and his fists are like, are, are like punching bags are going to come out at you. His, his, fist, his you. fists are essentially like 30 pound butterball hands oh. just coming at your face. Just salty and ready to <laughs> pound you. Yeah. And probably is- also, but like, also like, like I can imagine also makes this a nice meaty, like meaty thud, you know, like, like, cause I imagine it's like, if like a kid like tries to punch you, you know, with their like little pudgy fists, except <laughs> they actually have power behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's no thought, there's no holding back or anything. They're putting their full weight. Like he's coming at you and it is not, it is not pretty, but interesting that you mentioned sweaty because it's hard to imagine the kingpin, uh, not being sweaty at all times. He has that look to him. No matter how debonair he tries to look, I feel, I feel like he's clammy and a little sweaty. See, I feel like he's one of those people, which I also see, like, you know, you see, like, the kind of bigger, mm-hmm. bigger, like, athletes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he probably carries around, like, a, like a, like a towel or something that he can kind of <laughs> dab and stuff, which also really smart. It's just a super smart thing. I don't know why white people haven't taken that up because, yeah. like, it's mostly like, like bigger, like black actors and, and comedians. I, see I, I always and like comedians. the comedian come out with a towel on the shoulder. I'm like, okay, comedians. I'm ready to laugh. This guy yeah, knows what like, he's doing. Like, it's, it's like I don't like white people need to take that up. I mean, if you stole everything else from black people, why don't you steal that? Yeah, yeah. This is this is the next fashion look. It's not going to be sneakers, you know. It's not going to be cool clothes. It's going to be just towels, simple yeah, white towels like, on your shoulder. You're sweaty. Like, okay, first off, you're admitting that you get sweaty, that, like you're a human, yeah, and second right. off, you're ready for it. Yeah, I I think though maybe this is uh, the kingpin. This is maybe why he wears a cravat though. <laughs> Maybe that's what his, uh, he's using that as a towel. I, I imagine he has, like, inside of his uh, jacket pocket, mm-hmm. just like a really nice, like, soft, like, high thread count terry cloth <laughs> that, like, just, like, he kind of just pats down. It's like, but, like not, a baby no, blanket. He doesn't, like, kind of he doesn't, he doesn't, no, 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 it's, I mean, it's, it's, yes, but I mean, it's, it's for, it's for his hand. It's so. Fun. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him using some powder, you know. He's got a guy who yeah. probably follows him around all the time, powders his hands, you know, takes yeah. care of him. He probably gets a lot of manicures. That I could see. I could see him being no, uh, no, he's, he's a He's a classy man. dude who takes care of himself. Yeah, well, except physically. But, you know, other than that, he takes care well, of himself pretty well. I mean, obviously, he can he can care. He can, I mean, he, he works out and stuff. He's just a big guy. Yeah. No, I mean, he is a force. He's a machine. He is, he is, he can fight Daredevil and he's got no powers at all. Um, it's just awesome. Mm. Speaking of Daredevil, that, that movie, Daredevil. Oh. Um, okay. Again, I think it's a perfectly mediocre movie. I don't think it's, yeah. Well, I think it's a perfectly mediocre movie. But I think that was before, like, those movies came out before, like, actual really bad superhero movies came out. Well, it was after Batman and Robin, so... Mm, but, I mean, that's, I guess bad Marvel movies. No, I agree. I agree. And I agree that it's also a perfectly mediocre movie. Like, it's... It's, um... 
they're they're just the things that are bad in it are so bad that it weighs down the things that are just fine with it, you know. And I'm gonna and I'm also gonna be one of those. I'm gonna be one of those people. The director's cut actually fixes a lot of the problems. <laughs> oh, it, add Coolio like, to anything, and it's gonna well, make it better, well, right? Well, no, no, but they also like because the theatrical cut like moved around a bunch of the scenes, mm. and it made the movie make less sense. I have to admit, I haven't seen it, and I do need to though. <laughs> The, the director cuts actually kind of fixes it a little bit, but it's still a mediocre movie, but it turns it from something that you can say that's kind of actually bad to something that's just like, I could put this on the background and like, you know, play Angry Birds or something. Yeah, no, it's just pretty much at, at this point, my criteria for a movie. <laughs> I, I could watch it that way. Yeah, sure. It's like, sure. It's on F it's, it's on FX right now. And oh. I, there's, and there's nothing else during on the daytime. So I'll just, be on the internet that, while it's on. That's actually how I ended up watching part of Spider-Man 3 a few weeks ago. It was on FX and I had nothing better to do. They know their markets. <laughs> All right. So, um, he, uh, I think we're, oh, well, sorry, going to that. Uh, I think the choice of making Michael Clark Duncan mm-hmm. Kingpin in that movie was actually very inspired yeah. and good. I agree. I think he's great in it. They, in, in, Colin Farrell, I think, isn't bad either. He's insane and he acts it. And I think it actually works for the character of uh, Bullseye. I did not like the stupid scar thing, but um, yeah, it's just design choice. But the acting to be, fa- to be fair, though, he actually does have that scar thing in the comics. It's just dumb. Didn't they add that it's, after though? Didn't they add that after? Uh, well, he's had it for a long time. I don't know if he had it after. I don't know if you ever see him with his mask off. Uh, That's true. F- uh, for a really long time. That's true, but actually. Has- but he does have it in the comic, and he's had it for a very, very long time. Huh. Okay. All right. I'll give it to him, then. I'll give it to them. Because uh, that, that would... I mean, it is right where it is on his costume, so... No, it, it's dumb how they did it in the movie, but <laughs> at the same time, it's always going to be dumb if you have a bullseye mark That 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 is true. <laughs> there's, there's never going to be a cool way to be like, hey, look at this. Uh, no, not cool. And but- I am also kind of disappointed that bullseye didn't show up in Punisher. They... I will, because they hinted at him in Daredevil wanting to kill Frank Castle, and he could have showed up as at least a background character. I think it would have actually, and I, I liked Punisher. Um, I, don't you say anything bad. I love that no, show. No, no, I really liked it. And I really, I actually am one of the people that really liked Daredevil season two also, because mostly because of the Punisher stuff. Um, I, I thought it was really strong. Um, but I did think that it could have used more in the villain department. So I'm surprised too. I think they did an incredible. I've just got done talking for about an hour about this. Also, I'm a very, very thirsty man, and the person <laughs> who they have uh, playing Billy Russo is just. I fell for that trap every single time. I'm just like, I know you're the bad guy, but you're so pretty. I just want to look at you all day. <laughs> He's so good looking. Eye candy can get me very, very far in something. I understand completely. Ridiculously good looking. <laughs> like, like, I'm, like, I'm so, oh my god, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, this, well, number one, this has to stay in. Number two is, I just want, I want to go on the record. He's a fine looking man. And there he is, is so- again. There, that is never a bad reason to watch something. People will tell you, oh, don't you can't watch something because it's got a pretty person in it. Those people are dumb. You can absolutely, and it adds to the whole thing. It's a good show and it just adds another notch to it. It's also one of the only, um, Netflix 
Marvel shows that I felt actually needed 13 episodes. Yes, it's much better paced than any of them, really. They all had and, filler. And also the fact that they actually brought up domestic terrorism yeah. as a main plot point in how young white men are are um, radicalized. Yeah. I mean, they could have- into committing these domestic threat, uh, domestic terrorist threats was amazing. Yeah. They actually put it out f- front and forward, and they used and they are using the same stuff that all the all the a holes mm-hmm. that have like the Punisher stuff are saying, like Second Amendment, blah 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 blah, to use the same stuff. Yeah. And it could have totally gone and made it like a right wing fantasy, like the comics have been with the Punisher and in the past. It was great. It was, and they made it, and they made it, like, they actually made, like, kind of, I mean, it's more centrist, but, like, kind of, like, way farther left, like, Punisher-like show than, like, it's anti-cop, (laughs) anti-government, and and anti-military to a certain extent. Like, uh, anti, like, what the military, it's anti-post-military. It's uh, anti-violence. Like, it shows what violence can do to people. And 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 it's it's a Punisher show about... Violence being bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Punisher being like, fuck yeah, he's got grenades and a missile launcher and he's going to go kill some dudes. No, it's like, oh my God, he's going to kill all those people. He's broken and it's wrong. It's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. They actually show that torture is wrong. It doesn't work. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Which like, it's like, no TV show does that. No, it's, and it's, like they did it with a Punisher show, which makes yeah. it even more perfect. It was I I have to agree. Like I did not after um Defenders and Iron Fist, which I actually didn't even get through a couple episodes of Iron Fist, I was a little worried, but um Punisher was fantastic and it made me actually more excited for Daredevil season three too. Um, well, um see, I think with Daredevil, they need to learn how to make both halves good. Yeah. I agree. Um, cause they can make one half of the show wonderful and great and perfect. <laughs> they need to learn how to make both. <laughs> I liked, they pretty much jettisoned a lot of the, in season two, they pretty much, I, I felt like they jettisoned a lot of the, um, interpersonal stuff with, cause, you know, it was breakup with, uh, with Foggy and everything. And, uh, and and I felt that that was good, but the Electra stuff filled that in, and some of that was good, and some of that was just eh, you well, know. very boring because yeah. it was the hand, which is one of the oh, most boring. The hand. <laughs> but but speaking of people who work with the yes, hands, speaking of Kingpin. yes, Kingpin. the Kingpin, uh, Wilson Fisk is he like Wilson Fisk the third or something, or is it just Wilson Fisk? Oh oh wait wait wait. I know what I was going to say. No, I first learned about him in the um in the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love um, that. Cuz I I did read comics since I was 7, but um that was just kind of sporadic, you know, whatever I got my hands on. Yeah. It was also in the 90s and I was very very just up like um, like since I was a child hated most of the like the like Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld mm. art style. Yeah, so, so that was a rough you know, time it was to come mostly, up. Yeah. yeah, so it was mostly like older like older comics and stuff that like my grandfather had. Well, that was and, that was one thing about that Spider-Man cartoon is that it was, um, even though like the look and stuff was very 90s, like it was very old-fashioned soap opera comic booky. Um and I loved, I loved that for what it was. I liked it a lot more than the, Spider- than the X-Men cartoon, which a lot of people liked, but I felt kind of went too I don't know, too 
it was Claremont. It was a Claremont cartoon, and I and that was a problem I think with it. I know people like Claremont. I hate I hate his writing <laughs> it's, style. It's so many words. It is so many words, and I I that's what I grew up like. That's what I grew up on, and I loved it. And now I go try to go back, and it is tough. It's a slog. No. Also, he does so much show and tell. Oh, it's 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 all words again. He, it's like he does not trust his artists at all, and it's. And I need the art to speak for itself. Yeah, like yeah, like it's a collaborative thing, and I need the art to speak for it. And I think Claremont doesn't trust his artists as much. Well, and I know he wrote Marvel's method too, which is where you know he just uh, like did a rough script and then and then put in the words. So he really really didn't trust his artists because he just covered the pages with everything that they were doing and the catchphrases and everyone saying the same things all the time. And yeah, it's, and well, the, and the S and M, but I, I actually, I like that part, but um, you know, Claremont, he had, he was really what, what was big at the time, but I just, now it's a hard read. It's a well, very hard well, read. Well, the thing is, I think like Claremont brought in a um, era where the writer was way more important than the art. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, people followed then, writers. Right, yeah. But then, but then afterwards, um, it went. There was nineties the because mm-hmm. he quit around the late eighties, and then it became where the artists basically determined everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you ended up with image books that, you know, when image first came out, they were printing books that were essentially actual garbage that were stapled together and but because the art was you know the cool hot art of the day or looked like Liefeld or looked like McFarlane or something it it people people ate it up people loved it Liefeld and McFarlane and stuff <laughs> I, uh, I you know I, I, I love Liefeld simply because of the fact that like he's he's the villain that comics needed well, like, did you did you okay sorry this is just uh we're done after this by the way but did you okay so did you know that there's recently a bible like comic oh i did hear okay, about with this with rob liefeld wrote i haven't wrote, seen it draw. oh i got okay it. Oh, wow. but apparently there's this entire scene where like for like half the page it's just a picture of a foot in a sandal it's just like <laughs> It's like, I will show you a goddamn foot. I can do Shut it. Shut up. I've been practicing for 25 years, you dicks. <laughs> and like, so, um, that is something that I find hilarious. Apparently, it's actually pretty decent. I, like, I, it's a pretty decent comic. I, I'm intrigued. Um, I haven't actually seen, I've seen only seen covers from him for the last, I don't know, 15 years or something. So I've never read anything with interior art from him in a long time. So I'd be intrigued. <laughs> but he, he doesn't do interior art, interior art. It is another 90s artist, ah, okay. a big 90s artist. I forget who it is. Cause unfortunately, I'm one of those people who follows writers and stuff. Oh, yeah. Artists, but I should be following artists because the art tends to be what makes me stay with the book. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair. You know, it's it's either it has to be a very strong author or it's got to be a really good balance because one or the other it's, will kill it. But, well, honestly, honestly, if the story's just mediocre and the art's amazing, I'll still stick with the book for a while. Uh, yeah, that's called the whole reason I read X Men books from twelve <laughs> until like twenty eight. You yeah. know, it's um, yeah, like if the art yeah. if the art's good, then I'm going to stick with it. If the art's mediocre and the story's amazing. Yeah. I'll stick with it for a while until the art style grates on me. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Like, I agree. I think um, 
I, I, I do think that while I think I'm generally more of an, a writer person, a nice art, like I still hold such a soft spot for Carlos Pacheco. Um, like just, I love it. Like I can't even read Avengers forever cause it makes no sense at all. Um, and I love Kurt Busiek, but it really is nonsense, but I love that art so much. So it is fantastic. One of the things that I think that, uh, modern day, like comic people, comic fans who are actually willing to like kind of venture out mm-hmm. a little bit further is there's so many amazing writer, like artist combos that make some of the most perfect books and they're consistent. Oh yeah. Like, like, um, if you've ever looked at Wicked and Divine, just like looking at a page and just the writing is, it's, oh my God, it's like transcendent. Ah. Like how good it is. I need to and, look at it. And low, low is, it's more of a art based book than it is for like story, but the story is also really good. Story's like more low key. Um, but that book is amazing. It's just, uh, art is just like perfect. Like, I, I don't know how, like, like low is like legitimately one of the most beautiful books I've ever seen. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Be, I gotta check that yes. out. I, I am yes. down literally to reading Saga and Squirrel Girl. I think that's about yes. it. Yeah, Saga Saga has amazing oh, art yeah, it's and perfect amazing for story. It. Like like honestly, like you're just following like original like creator owned stuff from like image, like just that alone you can have some of probably some of the most beautiful books and Oh yeah. Like ever. It, it's amazing. I mean there's there is great stuff out there. I, I it's more about time than anything else, but I mean it's it's amazing. I went to the comic book shop for the first time in like a year, uh, a couple months ago. And I mean, it's just fan- like the, the level of everything is higher now and it's quite, it's amazing. It's amazing. And also, um, outside of most main titles of like the big two and stuff, like you can get like some really amazing art, like different art styles as well with really good creative teams. It's, it's like, it's like music or anything else. Like people say, you know, this, style, this genre of music is dead, you know, rock is dead or whatever. But the fact is there's just so much different kind of stuff that you, if you like a certain thing, you're going to be able to find something awesome that, that has that style. Like, like, honestly, like I live, so I live in a city with like lots of really great local bands. Mm-hmm. I found a band that is like kind of shoegaze, but also screamo. That is like really good. <laughs> like I found that band. That's awesome. <laughs> right. If you look, you can find it. And, and that's, it's a, it's kind of a golden age of everything. I mean, people talk about peak TV, but it, it's like that with a lot of things, you know, all right, movies are touch and go, but there's so much other good stuff out there. If you, you just have to find it. The thing with art or fashion or anything is once it's around, it's still going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, if, that's right. Like, it never goes away. It's people, it never goes away and people are still going to be making that stuff. Like if you want to, do you want, do you want 50 style doo-wop music? Yeah. There's a band out there who's making new doo-wop music right now. Yeah. That's amazing. No, there are, there are guys like making the most obscure shit nowadays. Like that, you know, there's still people doing Zydeco music. There's guys like out there forming hipster polka bands that do punk songs. Like it's everything that you've ever wanted is available. You just have to find it. And there's a lot of noise. And I think that's what turns people off. It's like the ratio of noise signal to noise. Is, is hard for some people to get past, but it's all out there and it's all like so available. It's amazing. 
like if you want if you want a comic about nothing but like gay superheroes that like that's like slice of life there's probably one out there yeah there i am i am sure there's one out there there is i'm pretty sure i'm pulling from an actual comic that i can't remember the name of but like for real there's something out there for you so look for look for the things you love and support them uh this is this is uh, this this episode is more than just about the kingpin. It's it's about life, and uh, and it's the perfect metaphor. The kingpin is a perfect metaphor for life because he lives large. This is a man who looks for what he wants and he grabs it. It is that is our message for the night. And and also, I disagree with a lot of things that Marvel does most of the time, but I support the things I love about That's, them. I agree. I agree again. Any any company they do crazy things that I don't pay attention to, but again, they're publishing and I. I know it's not to everyone's taste, but they're probably shooting Squirrel Girl, which is the weirdest freaking thing in the universe. They're going to be doing a new Warriors featuring Squirrel yeah, Girl show on TV. It's on TV. It's insane. They're going to be doing. There's going to be a Cloak and Dagger show out <laughs> later this year. When I was when I was a kid, I never thought there'd be a, like an X Men movie. Like I was like, they're never going to get it right, you know. Or like, and how there's just all this stuff out there that's that's like, amazing. For- for real, like stuff is amazing out there. Even if you don't like the Marvel movies, the Netflix shows are great. Yeah, like for real, like there's so many great Marvel content out there. There's so much great DC content out there. There's great Man. everything. <laughs> well, mm, oh, I mean, uh, I kid, I kid. I mean, I mean, honestly, I disagree with what they're doing. With I immediately, Alan Moore, like legitimately not that great of a person and kind of weird. And honestly probably gets too much praise but he'd made but watchmen is a like a masterpiece yeah. and they should stop touching it I, but a hundred percent that is insane what they're doing and i don't even understand who it caters to you know there's not it's not like it's going to bring people who are outside of the insular world of comics back in so i don't know who it's servicing it's the worst kind of fan service of like hey this little niche audience that would really like to see these two things collide and ugh, i i don't i just and don't almost like everyone it. i know who disagrees with this <laughs> Like, I'm not Are they even like a it? DC fanboy or anything. Like I still, you know, like some of the stuff, yeah. but like, you know, it's but like I, but like they, I don't know what they were doing with that. <laughs> like they, like you know what they could have done instead of making Doctor Manhattan the reason why they had to reboot their universe again, again. after after what two years? No, three, three, four, four years, and then. Four years before that, I mean, it's it's a yeah, common occurrence now. And and you know what? And you know what? Like, say what you want about like what Marvel did with like Battle World and stuff like that. Was it really a reboot? It was more of just a hey, writers, here's a playpen. Yeah. Oh, I loved I loved that because it, I got I got like an extra Extinction Agenda comic out of it. Like you got some most random stuff out of it. I I loved it. Unfortunately. They followed it up with two years of crap. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the problem. It's the regular ongoings that I just are impenetrable to me. Like most of the core books are, are I just cannot get into. But you get the weird little fringe things and you get the occasional event where Marvel really nails it. And they, when they let people kind of do their thing, like the Vision series was awesome. And that's no, that's what that's what happens when you let Hickman. Yeah. Yeah. To have play of the entire Marvel universe. Yeah. And I don't know why they let anyone else plot it out because he's obviously perfect at it. <laughs> so, yeah. Just give it to the guy. He knows what he's doing. Like, don't play around. Sure. He's on a self, a self-imposed self superhero comic, uh, um, hiatus. Yeah. 
sure it's self-imposed and everyone wants him to do but you know make him make him get back back up the truck full of money (laughs) and he's gonna show up you are owned by disney people okay let's think big here Let's think. Let's think big and let Hickman make a somewhat impenetrable but perfectly catered to me. Uh, two years of Marvel continuity. I, that, that's all <laughs> that anyone needs in the world. I agree. That's, that's all. That's all we need. We just need the most impenetrable writer who only writes for the trade to plot everything. <laughs> <laughs> just give him the keys to the entire thing for two years and just see what the hell happens. And then you can I clean need... it up by rebooting again. Who cares? That's that's the thing. You can always or, clean it up. Not even a reboot. Not even a reboot. A time skip. Yeah, just pretend it, yeah, it never happened or it's five years later and everyone's just different. <laughs> Whatever. It's so easy. It's so easy. I, I hate it when nerds are like, how can they ever you know, reboot the X-Men continuity? It wouldn't in the movies it wouldn't make sense i'm like you can just do anything <laughs> you can ignore it you can also like what they also, did with spider-man um, it's you can also do whatever complain, complaining anything about anything continuity wise yeah. with uh with x-men oh. is you're blind obviously yeah. and never read an x-men book because they don't care <laughs> oh the, they don't care. the books have never been consistent the, the they can't expect the damn movies to even get close to consistent <laughs> And honestly, I'm not a big fan of X-Men, like, at all, yeah. really, because I, cause I am kind of a continuity nerd and everything. And, like, after a while, X-Men got impenetrable for uh, me yeah. because I had to, because I had to remember stuff from, like, 80 years ago in order to understand why Havoc is having a bad day with this pharaoh looking <laughs> dude. I'm just like, why are you bringing stuff from the, from the Silver Age, you dumb, dumb Claremontian person? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's like I mean, the the, the only thing, it, and I I have to say this just about my man Havoc is still best costume ever for an X person. I don't for know, an X man, come on! I've seen some pretty good X Men like costumes. I I know Adam X the Extreme, pretty good costume, but uh, well, no, no, I'm talking about <laughs> X Man. Oh, X Man. <laughs> No, <laughs> a big oh, padded jacket. <laughs> Some weird. Oh, but pants. No, my, okay, so um, here is the thing that I felt very, very um, angry at myself for because I am I am comic book nor- nerd for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know that's something I am. But I don't like like it when people get like weird when people don't uh, know something. You know. <laughs> And yeah, there was a episode, there was a live episode of, um, my brother, my brother and me. Okay. And someone brought up the name X-Man and they were making fun of like, that's such a dumb name. What would you name? Blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, but there is an X-Man. Mm-hmm. He's Nathan. He's Nathan Gray. And he's he's he Nate was Gray. Mm-hmm. He was Nate Gray and he was, he was basically the, in, in, in apocalypse, the age of apocalypse. Yeah. And that was the alternate universe where, <laughs> and like i was like legit like kind of upset for a moment because i'm just like but like stop, like he's there you just have to look at he's there he's probably come back <laughs> recently i don't know but he's there it's a real thing <laughs> like he's he's there he's been there for a while like he's not even like a like he's been in like he's he's i've been outside of the 90s multiple times it's like you obviously should know this i know this why don't you know how do you not know this <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it's just me being like not knowing how to not knowing that people 
that don't have the same brain parameters as me and know the same thing. <laughs> During the entire time, I was just like, why? Why don't you understand this thing I understand? Clearly, three people who have no, who have no reason to know about no. this. Like, honestly, he's super inconsequential and never going to show up in the movies. Yeah, I think there were like 27 issues ever of X-Men. I, I of course, bought all of them. But um, yeah, like, I mean, he had his own run. I yeah. mean, obviously, he has his own run. You should know about him, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he came out of the age of apocalypse what's wrong with you people like he's only one of, he, he's only the product of one of the most popular like x-men uh x-men events ever hey he is wait a minute so he's a he's young cable essentially and cable's gonna be in the next deadpool movie i'm thinking deadpool 3 x-man <laughs> arrives and it gives Deadpool a reason to make fun of his name for an entire 90 minutes. But, but like, I mean, again, like, again, I know they did need, they did need to know that. I don't, I'm not even a fan of him. I know. I just know, but, but you I'm know it, damn of, it. But I know it, and I'm just like, why are you doing that? And I don't know why I felt that way. <laughs> it made, like, it, it made me hate myself for a moment. I'm just like, stop it, Jesse. You're, you're that's, being awful. that's what being a nerd is really all about. Those moments of self hatred. That's when you know you have attained nerdhood. <laughs> the, the, but like it was over X Man. Like, he's dumb. He's such a dumb character. This is a dumb name. But he's an actual character. <laughs> but it's not like you know, like someone who's been around for a long time, like Craven the Hunter. You're like, how do you not know who Craven the Hunter is? But it's it's X Man. I would I would forgive someone who not, I would forgive someone not knowing Craven the Hunter. Oh. Like I've forgiven people for that before. Like I'm just like, why would you need? I don't know why I got upset about X Man. Yeah, I mean, finally admit learning about Craven the Hunter is what got me and my brother to start talking again it was a uh, big schism in the family <laughs> uh get to your plugs all right I, i'm gonna plug my podcast interrupted tales and uh you can find it at interruptedtales.com or mostly on instagram at interrupted tales okay well uh my name is jesse uh, if you'd want to see my cat who just bit me on the leg while passing by adorably bit him on the leg adorable i mean i don't don't know why he did it like normally he has like a little bit of a build-up before he bites me like i can normally <laughs> tell when he's about to bite me because like he has a certain look in my his eyes i'm just like i, I know what you're doing like you're pl- i'm just gonna swat you away before you yeah, do it you're plotting against me i'm on to you cat like i i see like you're you're not subtle <laughs> Like your your ears do a certain thing where they're not mad, but they like tilt a certain. I know what mm-hmm. you're doing, but like he just, I don't know. But if you'd like to see him, uh, you could go to at marvelous mooch on Instagram. Um, I will eventually start posting more pictures of him. Uh, but uh, I lately I'm just tired because I get home late. <laughs> so. Doing doing uh, hour plus specials about the kingpin, and <laughs> we'll do that. Yes. It's not helping either. <laughs> yes. And uh, besides that, uh, if you don't, if 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 you'd like, you can listen to my uh, podcast, Creepy Critters, which is a cryptid podcast, where I take a where I talk to a guest about some cryptids. Um, I might have like a cat, like a cat episode where it's just a bunch of cats, because there's lots of cat cryptids. Oh, not where you're actually just interviewing as your guests a lot of cats. Oh, well, I mean, eventually I'm going to do a whole episode of Alphabet Flight where I'm just talking to my cat about a character. And, Shadow uh, Cat. <laughs> Shadow Cat. Come on. It's perfect. Yes. 
Yes, well, yeah, should. Uh, but I'm going to, but I'm just going to do episode an episode where I'm just talking to him. But really, I'm holding him, and he's just like really mad at me the entire time. So it sounds like he's talking to me. <laughs> oh, can't wait. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, I do. Ooh, he's so cute right now. And uh, besides that, um, May Conchu, May Conchu, um, and you, uh, like snuggle with with a really adorable cat amen yeah bye